Guys, welcome back to the After Action Review. You know me. I'm Nick Guy, the world's most okayest Green Beret. And since nobody likes talking to okay anythings, I have exceptional guests on the show, exceptional Green Berets, exceptional soft operators. So we're continuing the trend. We've got BK Actual. Yep, there he is. And uh, he is he's a former pararescue jumper, former contractor, and current podcast savant. You guys can check out his podcast, the Superior Podcast. I listen to it on Spotify, but I'm sure it's on iTunes too. Yes, sir. It's World News with BK, correct? Yes, sir. There it is. Dude, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Nick, thanks for the invite, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, so big news today. We're, you know, right, literally right now as we're talking, like news is breaking of a possible short-range ballistic missile attack on Al-Assad Air Base in Al-Ambar province in Iraq. We have the media just being, I don't even want to say negligent, because it's not negligent, it's by design, but they are just, they've lost their freaking minds, dude. So we're going to talk about that and your general thoughts on God, just leftism today, the state of leftism, the state of woke vets on Twitter. It's, we can go uh, The woke vets, one of my favorite all-time topics. Dude, so we'll just take it away. Uh, all right, real quick, Iraq, man. News reports coming in. Uh, I personally have talked to somebody who's in Iraq right now who's currently sitting in a bunker, so there's at least some validity to the statements. Uh, we, knew, we, knew that Iran, we knew that Iran was going to retaliate. How, in what way, shape, or form it, it took was kind of unclear. I mean, are you at any way surprised by what's going on? No, I'm not surprised, Nick. And I'll tell you, if you uh, listen to this last week's podcast, which I know many of you did, you would see that the insiders of the regime said, there's no way we can let this pass without some kind of retaliation. And uh, I actually played the clip of this University of Tehran professor. I don't have his name offhand, but he's, he's been uh, basically a spokesperson for the regime for a long time. And he was said straight up to a British broadcaster, like, uh, this is going to require retaliation. How could you not? And, and, you know, you had to know it was kind of coming. Um, and I'm looking at the ABC News website right now. And yes, Nick, as you said, they have been confirmed, U.S. official did confirm to ABC News that ballistic missiles have been fired, is what they're sort of, so they're calling it. These are not just little rockets here. Ballistic missiles have been fired from inside Iran, again, also a key point, at multiple U.S. military facilities inside Iraq. And those facilities do include Erbil, which you and I are both very familiar with, in northern Iraq, and Al-Assad Air Base in western Iraq. And obviously, as you would suspect, the White House is uh, monitoring these reports right now. So things are happening. But uh, ballistic missiles, that seems to be a significant uh, piece of this story right now. And I would, I mean, that's like I, lunacy to me. It is. And, and I don't like what do they have a death wish. I mean, a lot of commentators, I, I just, you know, I was just on Twitter. I was just on the news right before you came on and everybody's saying, Oh, this is nothing new. And, and yeah, you're right. Iranian aggression has, has been going on for years, even in, you know, between like OIF and where we are now, like they've fired off these little unguided rockets via their proxies. But if, if we're seeing short range ballistic missiles 
something that that takes a little bit of of knowledge to operate and it's coming from Iran proper I would say that I can't imagine many people would say yeah that's what we expected an actual missile barrage from Iran yeah it seems like uh it seems like the act of lunacy to me I mean honestly all we need to do is have some guys at Nellis Air Force Base send a freaking crew of reaper drones their way and we could just turn those ballistic sites into rubble in like three seconds so I don't I don't know what they're thinking. I think this is just, honestly, I think they're just trying to save some face because, you know, for all this scary talk about Iran and the World War III and everything, they can't match us on the battlefield. Everybody knows that. Let's make this perfectly clear. There's no way. You know that as well as I do. All they can do is launch their little rockets and then cowardly plant their IEDs and they go around. And that's what that guy, uh, Suleimani, was doing. He was going all over the world. And he was training his little bands of minions how to make IEDs, EFPs, and whatever you want, roadside bombs, and targeting people that way. And that's all they can do. And so I was never, this whole talk of World War III I thought was a joke. And further, Nick, let's not forget Iran's vast domestic difficulties. Not only are they undergoing a crippling economic sanctions right now, they just had to kill 1,500 of their own citizens just to stop a fuel protest. I mean, yeah. my God. <laughs> and you know what? I got to hand it to the Iranians. And I've said this several times on the podcast. All these protests that we see, not only in the Middle East, but South America, uh, Chile, I've mentioned quite a bit. I got to hand it to these people. A gasoline goes up 10 cents a gallon. And those people are out there like burning down buildings and shit. You know, what are we doing in America? We don't do jack shit. <laughs> we, you know? we, over and we take it. We, we <laughs> just take it. We just take it all the time. They go crazy. Lebanon, they go nuts. Like, so I'm like, you know, it, it is impressive. And I, I really want to be clear on another thing, Nick, is that people think like everybody in Iraq, I don't know, there's this impression you get that the Iranians and the Iraqis are buddies. That's far from the case. Yeah, absolutely. We saw, we saw not too long ago, the, uh, the Iraqis burned down the Iranian consulate in Najaf, uh, what, a few months ago, I believe. And there was some other stuff going on. I can't recall the name of the city, but just today on Twitter, I saw another, uh, some kind of consulate uh, was getting burned down by angry Iraqis. Yeah, too. The, it looked like Iraqis might have turned on. Well, what I had seen was there was a possible protest against the uh, Hezbollah outfit in in Iraq. They were trying to crack down on the on the local population, and there was there were reports. I mean, again, it kind of got overshadowed by this newest news, but there were reports of of them using live ammunition against these these protesters. No, I'm in a complete agreement. But if you listen to the media narrative, it was a massive national mourning for Soleimani in Iran. The entire country has just been electrified and unified over his killing. The Iraqis, as a people, are willing to – and it's, a, it's just a, such a ridiculous notion. And people are just – they're allowing it to be spoon-fed to them. People forget that Iran and Iraq have, have literally been at odds, literally, yes. since, the, since the 80s, like 40 yeah. years. Yeah, was a, and, and, you know, and I, that's why that was one, a big reason why I felt like at the beginning of last, I took a lot of time trying to explain kind of the history of us and Iran, but also that forgotten war, that Iran-Iraq war. That was one of the most brutal wars in the 20th century, a following shortly that. after 
a million plus dead. And the crazy thing was like after they could have ended it after two years. And then the Ayatollah Khomeini wanted to keep going. And as I described on the podcast, everybody thought Saddam was going to like roll right over the Iranians. They had no they had no weapons. Saddam had a modern army, fighter jets, artillery. The Iranians didn't have anything, but they had a lot of people. So they just started sending like human wave after human wave. They had children, you know, and that Soleimani guy, uh, Qasem Soleimani, the general we just smoked, was on the front lines of that. And he was one of the people responsible for sending these waves and waves of underage children and acting as human shields. Yeah, so, like, he, all he these cut people his, act he like cut his was, teeth there. Yeah, like he's, this, like he's this great warrior. Oh, yeah. You know what he did? He tied a bunch of fucking keys around little children's neck and told them to charge the enemy and that those keys would render them invisible to Saddam's guns. That's what that great general did. He was a monster. War. He was he a monster. Was a monster. And, 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 all, it, yeah, and we took him out and good, good rid. And now, and now I see stupid Chris Hayes and the stupid media going, well, I want to see proof of this imminent attack and i'm like who gives a shit about the imminent attack he should have been god a long time ago really and wasn't it just didn't susan rice literally just come out on one of the sunday morning talk shows and say if we had had the opportunity we probably would have taken him out under the previous administration they did have the opportunity though they chose not to i mean uh william mccrystal actually uh praised trump uh i'm sorry stanley mccrystal his former jsoc general he uh, said, yeah, we, we tracked him for a while. We kind of wanted to, but what, for whatever reason, they didn't get the go-ahead, and he thought it was the right thing to do. But I tell you, out of all the media outlets beclowning themselves the hardest, boy, CNN, man. Oh. You know, that's not, even like a, that's not even a news outlet, and they shouldn't even call themselves that, honestly. And I know some people like Jake Tapper for whatever reason, what, because he embedded with some troops for a while and wrote a book. You know what? He's the fucking spokesmouth. Can I curse on this? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, go ahead, man. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the spokesmouth for them, and he hasn't commented on one thing. I wonder how Jake Tapper feels about CNN having the vice president of Iran on today. Did you see this clip? The, yeah, the vice uh, president of Iran? Masuma Ebtekar. Ebtekar. Uh, yeah, her. She was personally responsible for kidnapping our people in the embassy in 79, and she said she'd gladly execute them. She'd gladly hold a gun up and execute them. And CNN decides to give this veiled lunatic a platform to spew her nonsense for 20 minutes. I'm like, are you freaking serious? Are you still not? I mean, I know you cover global events, but are you still not an American corporation? Seriously. I mean, you lost your goddamn minds? I mean, honestly, it would, it would, be, like, it would be like ABC or NBC giving airtime to Heinrich Himmler at the height of World War II, be like, and to get a reaction to the Ardennes offensive, we bring in Heinrich Himmler to speak on the issue. That's, that's literally what it is. Nick, the media has changed so much. Like, I don't even know. These people are like a, for, a, a, a foreign species to me. These people. And what blows my mind are the people who own these companies. Like, who owns, I don't know who owns CNN. But are they watching as their product is driven into the ground, as the ratings collapse, as nobody watches for year after year? And they just look at that and say, oh, we're doing good. I don't no. understand why they keep putting up and doing it. And they, they double down on it. It blows because, my mind, dude. Because they're no longer journalists, man. They're activists. They don't care at what cost. They don't care how many viewers they lose. They don't care about their ratings because nope. they've turned into professional activists. 
Yeah, I, mean, I know, I, but dude, at the end of the day, you'd think like money at least would rule, but I don't know. There's only so many resistance nuts to watch all this stuff. I don't know. I, I obviously they're still they're still somehow staying a they're keeping their heads above water. Somehow, I don't know. Well, I I my blood boiled when I saw that that woman on CNN. And and honestly, if if any of you guys who are who are watching or listening to this, if you've ever seen the movie Argo, at the end of Argo, they use they use historic stock footage of the of the revolution. And in that footage, there is a young, veiled, college-aged woman, and she's talking about how, given, given the go-ahead by the Ayatollah, she would gun down 52 American hostages herself. That's that woman that CNN gave 20 minutes of That's her. That is unacceptable. It's sickening. And I just feel, you know, like, I mean, indirect fire is the worst thing in the world to be under. And I'm like, I got a lot of, you know, I'm thinking about of all of our friends over there right now, who I'm sure are in those bunkers. And it's just the worst feeling in the world because, you know, those alarms are going off. You hear shit blowing up and you're just sitting there wondering like, damn, dude, I hope the next one isn't right on top of my head because this bunker might not be enough. And it's, it's really, really scary. You know, I've been in it and it's no joke. It's the worst. Cause you, I mean, at least with an enemy who's shooting at you, you know, you can kind of see it, you know, yeah. and you can kind of maybe do something about it. indirect fire. You can't do shit. You just got to sit there and hope it's not your day. So it's a scary, scary thing. So I'm, I'm thinking about all of our guys over there right now. I know I got a lot of friends. I'm sure you do too over there right now, Nick. Yeah, let's uh we'll we'll hope that that uh I mean right now everything is so fluid and people people are all over social media trying to get their their clicks and their likes and they're saying some <laughs> some crazy Got to get those likes. They're they're saying some crazy shit that's totally unfounded and unconfirmed. But some of the things that they're saying, I I hope they're just dead wrong because it's if if some of these things are true, it it's it's not good. And it I I I'll be very interested to see how the United States responds because this was, this was an, in my opinion, this was an asymmetric response. It was Iranian state TV is saying the, uh, this operation's name was martyr Soleimani. If you can believe it. These people were they fucking dumb. They seriously, they must, they must have a death wish. These people, this isn't the 1970s anymore. They think they, you know, an interesting point that I hit on that I don't think a lot of people got was the reason that Iran was able to have those human waves in the 80s against Saddam was because Iran in the 70s had one of the highest birth rates in the world. Now that is completely collapsed and they actually have one of the lower birth rates in the world. So that shit isn't going to work anymore. No. So I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. And again, like on top of it, you talk to plenty of Iranian Americans most Iranian Americans are here for a reason. Yes. They're here because they had to flee a dictatorship, a secret police, or whatever. I noted the New York Times. I know a lot of guys like to bash on the New York Times, but the New York Times noted that uh, one of the aircraft carriers in that area actually has an Iranian American commander whose parents <laughs> fled the Ayatollah and the secret police and the regime. So they hate those people. So if they're looking to try to get sympathy from Iranian Americans, I really doubt uh, that's going to happen. I I've never spoken to an Iranian American who's ever had any sort of warm feelings towards the towards the revolution on a whole. I mean, it, most of them will talk. Most of them will talk 
about the time their parents were like, maybe not your age, but my age, aha, uh-huh, pre-revolution, you know, Iran being this, this modern bustling metropolis country with a strong agriculture and arts and literature and academia and everything was hunky dory. And then 79 happened and everything went to shit. Yeah, people think the resistance, what they think Trump is, that's the way Iran is. It is. They think we're living in like Nazi Germany over here. When we have like the best freaking economy in the world, uh, record record low unemployment, record high stock market, and these people sit around Twitter all day just bitching about everything. It blows my mind. I'm like, motherfucker, you are literally living in the best time to be a human alive on the planet and living in, in the, the best, best country. place. In the best place. By far. It's not even close. God, how I'm lucky like, are we? But nobody knows. Uh, dude, nobody I, knows. I, I, I count, I thank God every day I was born in the United States. I mean, for all of, for the flaws that we have, I mean, God forbid, dude. Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect, but one one of my great hopes would be, I would love to I would love to bring s- just one of those leftists. I'd love to drag them out to the Syrian desert and throw them into a hut, and they yeah. can see and they can see how people actually live outside the bubble. Yeah, I, would, I have uh, I have funny on my Instagram. I'll do a shameless plug here at BK Actual on Instagram. Uh, but believe me, believe it or not, Nick, I'm far more popular on Instagram than I am on Twitter. Well, we all, that, that's because you show off on Instagram. We've all well, seen those quads. Bro, I almost went topless for, for this right here. <laughs> I almost did. But I, I, I said, all right, this is going to be too much. But, um, but you know, on uh, it, well, it's also my repeated bannings on Twitter have also been my undoing. Well, yeah. But the uh, – it's funny. I have a picture on there on my Instagram of me at this refugee camp outside Baghdad with all these little kids. And I remember that day, like, and I always think back to that camp and these little kids were, it's basically this refugee camp was just the biggest pile of shit you'd ever seen in your life. There was like a dead dog fetus that they were kicking around like a soccer ball. I mean, it was freaking a river of sewage running through it. And these, this is how they lived. And, and then I come back to the United States and I got a motherfucker bitching that his latte is too foamy or what, you know? And I'm like, I just want to fucking just, I just want to face fuck this guy. It's, it's it very frustrating. It's an absolute, it's an absolute shame. And, and that's where, that's kind of where, that's where I think like leftism really goes off the rails. I don't know if it stems from willful ignorance. You know, I am going to say it is willful ignorance. Because, because if, if they if they had any clue, they'd shut their they'd shut their mouths. But they, you know, they they kill me though, man. There's like, they the the Trump has really Trump has really made people insane. I mean, like honestly, I remember when Obama was reelected in 2012, and like you know everybody thought Mitt Romney was going to win. You were probably like 12 years old then, so you wouldn't remember. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But like you know that was like that was a, it was it was kind of an upset. Yeah, Obama won in 2012 because all the polls showed Mitt Romney leading. And I remember I woke up and I was like, oh, okay, well, shit. Okay, well, Obama won. All right. And then I went on about my day like a normal person. But for this Trump shit, man, I don't know what it is about him. It's they like he's really made people crazy. 
He has. And he's or- not even really conservative. No. The deficit is – he hasn't cut shit. I'm like the only person who even covers the deficit anymore, and I barely mention it because nobody cares. You know, yeah. I feel like I have to because as a somewhat of a conservative, I do worry about the deficit. But there's no constituency in cutting anything on the right or the left, much like there's no constituency for stopping illegal immigration. That's why it keeps happening. But nobody wants to uh, – nobody gets elected office telling people you're going to take stuff away from them. So no. he's not like this super right winger. No, so, not even close. He's Not like a moderate – he's, like he's like Bill Clinton, who's tough – you know, who – remember, the biggest tell with the Democrats is how – what a radical shift they've had on illegal immigration. I mean, shit, even Obama used to be against – even Bernie friggin' Sanders oh, I love used that to clip rail against it. I love yeah. that clip of his going off yeah, about it's funny. it. Isn't, that, it funny how, isn't it funny how no journalist will ever confront Bernie Sanders on his old views and ask why his views have changed and do it on camera? Isn't it weird how they never do that? strange it's a, it's a mystery for the ages but the media is such a joke they're joking they're, everything. they're a total joke they're I activists mean, nick they're they not are. they're not journalists that's all I'm, i mean god it you know today uh, the the one bit of good news today was cnn got hit with that settlement oh. from the covington catholic kid Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. I noticed that the, none of the usual, again, Jake Tapper has yet to comment on the multi, no doubt, um, no doubt eight-figure settlement that CNN probably handed him. And I saw a guy who raised a good point that CNN probably settled because it's not that they thought they were going to lose because it's notoriously hard to win a defamation case in America, as it should be. This is America. We have freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want. You know, that those are gross optics, the huge multi uh, national media company going after a kid, their optics are gross, but we do have a right to say what you want. But what they, what I, what I, what I suspect is that these people didn't want the discovery process. They didn't want all their emails and text messages coming out about what these people were saying about this kid. And I'm sure on air talent, like credibly accused sexual assaulter, Don Lemon, who has no problem maintaining his show or going on air, even though he's got, he had more credible accusations against him than Brett Kavanaugh. How many people have written articles about sexual assaulter, Don Lemon? Zero. Yeah, that's right. And he still has a prominent place in history. I can tell you this one, Nick. I'll just say I have, uh, you know, as you probably know, I have many, many, many law enforcement sources all over the country listening to podcasts. And I'm very thankful for that and proud of them uh, who send me all kinds of great stuff. And, and some of those, some of that great stuff includes some certain uh, New York City police officers who who know Chris Cuomo and his history quite well. As the drunken son of the governor of New York, they know him and his antics and saved his ass from several things that I don't really feel comfortable sharing here. But let's just say Chris Cuomo was the drunken oaf, the Fredo, if you will, of the (laughs) Cuomo family. And he was pulled out. He had his ass pulled out, and he was saved from certain jail on multiple occasions. So I'm saying all these people you see on TV, people give them way too much gravitas. It's like, oh, some motherfucker has a communications degree on CNN. Big freaking deal. 
you know, and, and, but you, but you act like he's so important and he's got so much knowledge. That those these people don't know shit, Nick. You and I are sitting here talking. Those people are reading off a teleprompter that somebody else wrote for them. They have no special like mental gift or capacity or anything. They couldn't do shit. They couldn't do what I do. They couldn't do what you do. No, it's it's an absolute clown show. Again, I get they, fired up about it. They, we all should. I think. I think more so, more so now than just four or five years ago, people are realizing exactly what the media is and what it, well, you know what, what? It has I, been I would for a while. I would incur what I like, you know, part of the reason I think I got into, I enjoyed like writing and podcasting. I started writing and I got into podcasting is because I always want to like, I always want to like own the libs in their own arena, you know? So like whether it's being in journalism or being in media at all, I, I think I can always do better than they can. And I enjoy putting them in their place or in academia is the same way. Like when I went to college, you know, I wanted to be way smarter than them. So I was, and I did way better than them. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like I always wanted to be the best, no matter what arena it was. So I particularly enjoy podcasting because I like to, uh, I like to do much, much better. And the podcast has been blowing up. It's going crazy. And I like doing way better. I like doing, I like doing better than I see all these like national media conglomerates that have these like podcasts, bro, my shit gets like 50 times their audience. And I'm some guy who started it in an armored vehicle sitting in a desert in Iraq. That's how the, that was episode number one. Really? But that was episode number one. I held my iPhone up to my mouth and I recorded it like this. It's still on there. Man, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, it was, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what to do. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to be talking to myself. This is going to be weird, you know? It's, it was, but, but then I started doing it and it, everything came out and I was like, okay, you know, and then I started getting a little bit better. And now I just try to get a little better every time. Man. Well, it is. It's, I mean, your, your insight is, is, you know, head and shoulders above what the, media puts out um and like you said they're just there to read off a teleprompter i don't know how somebody like brian stelter got a job i dude honestly i thought the exact same thing i looked up his wikipedia bio i'm like whose dick did this dude suck to get this job i have no idea nobody watches his show either like his ratings (laughs) are horrible he's not I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest, Nick, to be on TV, generally somebody, you have to be like, have a great rack. You're going to want the great legs, the hot dude, the good hair, something. I mean, look at that fucking guy. He's got nothing. He's he's disgusting. He's, he's like, he's the epitome of the soft, cucky fucking modern male dude. And I'm just like, looking at him like what TV guy when that dude walks into his office says, Oh yeah, this is the fucking guy. <laughs> who, you know what I'm saying? Like who fucking does that? That's why, the, that's why I want to know who is the, who are the executives running these fucking shows? It's, it's staggering. He's also, he's also very self-conscious. He's got a, he's got very thin skin. One of my, one of the, the greatest people on Twitter is a guy named Jay Malik. And he's been banned probably no less than 12 or 13 times. Uh, but the most recent, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> and he, real? yeah. And he's, he's dude, he's like, he, 
embraces. Oh, I know. The I do. I do. I do know who that is. Yeah, I do he know embraces the fact he's, that he looks like a terrorist. Yeah, yeah, I do know. And who it he, is. He he's is funny. Like, he's like this conservative dude, but he kind of has friends across the spectrum. But he can't stand Brian Stelter, and for about two weeks, I don't know, maybe, maybe like in early December or late November, he just responded with the line. <laughs> You're a little bitch clown to everything that Stelter put out until he was finally banned, man. So I mean, he's got some incredibly thin skin. I I don't get it. The fact that his network is an absolute—it's a disgrace, man. I mean, God, 60, 70 years ago, like, like being a newsman—that was like an honorable profession. Like you brought the news to America, like. That was, that was, everybody trusted them. It is just, it's a disaster now. It's a disaster. I yep. can't believe it, man. I know, dude. And honestly, like, I, I like, I want to dime out some of the woke vets so bad by name, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, <laughs> but there's like, I, I look at these, I scan the usual suspects and it's, it's amazing. You know, what's amazing to me is when I started with the woke vets, when I was, I never started like by saying I was not that guy who's like, fuck you, dude, or anything like that. I honestly would like grill them on stupid shit they'd say. And it's funny. Nobody ever confronts me. Nobody ever tries to argue with me. None of I've them. noticed they that. Just they put, just ignore you. No, they do. They all put me on mute. <laughs> None of them. They just <laughs> ignore me. Like I very, very rarely have I confronted one of them with something stupid they said and have them try to prove their point because, because I don't think, I don't know if, I guess they just can't handle that sort of confrontation. Like, okay, well you said that big talk, you sound like a fucking imbecile. And, but I I come at them soft first, but they never respond. So uh, I don't know. I don't get it. I guess they're, I mean, I'm just a harmless little fucking PJ dude. You know, I'm just a Jack here saving lives. That's all I'm doing, dude. Don't let the six foot three, two hundred pounds, great hair, the shoulders like cannonballs. I mean, don't let it fool you. I'm a fucking, I'm a cuddle bear, man, dude. They are. That's an inter, That's an interesting. That's an interesting topic, and I, I've I've brought it up with uh, with Red Devil. I brought it up with with Clay Martin the whole, and and even Terry Shepard the whole woke vet thing, because I I find it to be a fascinating development in the expansion of social media within the military i i'm gonna say this and feel free to correct me if if you disagree but i would say i'm not gonna say a plurality but a majority of those in the military lean right i would say so i mean i I would say definitely combat arms for sure exactly and then i would argue that the that the closer to the tip of the spear you get the further right that service member is hundred percent is going to be yes. with a few exceptions. There, there's a few, there are a few, there are a few special forces officers who are uh, fairly left leaning and which it shocks me. It, it really does. But, um, but with the advent of like Twitter and things like that, and some of these accounts, man, they are huge. Some of these huge. accounts command tens of thousands of followers with, with important people, policymakers, journalists, general officers follow these people. And they <laughs> and they're they're either they're either junior NCOs 
or their junior officers who don't know shit about how the military in a whole works, how things like ground truths are going to affect policies within the branch. And they just start running their mouth. They come up with all these stupid ideas and they have this massive clout. And then the, all the important people whose job it is, is to craft policy are listening to them. How does that, how does that happen? Uh, I would okay. Well, I I know what you're saying. I, I would I would maybe I would caveat a little bit on how much clout they actually have. Okay. We, yes, they have a lot of followers on Twitter. I'm not sure if that translates as a clout, but but fair enough, uh, dude. I'm tell, I've talked about this with Jack Murphy, my my good friend Jack Murphy, many times. I was like, dude, I would love to run an experiment sometime. I was thinking about setting up a, a separate Twitter account as a woke vet, just as like a social experiment. Um, to see, and I bet you anything, I could get tens of thousands of followers within like a month. Because like, if you have, especially if you're like a combat vet, if you want to get a lot of followers, all you have to do is be woke. Oh my God, dude, the resistance will fucking jizz themselves like all over you. You just have to start off every tweet as, as a combat vet. That's right. Yeah. And like, I, I see these guys, I'm like, bro, you're really throwing around that term combat vet a little loosely, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that fucking going to the chow hall at the DFAC in fucking Kandahar is a combat vet on a stopover on your way somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. And, you know, it's funny. And those generals, man. Uh, how did we get these woke generals? Is what You know all those woke generals blocked me? A lot of them blocked me really yeah a lot of them blocked me and i'm like are you fucking kidding me these these generals all they do is sit around they all they do is sit around tweeting about trump that's all they do that freaking afghanistan paper came out revealing like all that shit about all the lies and the cover-ups and the and the, the the mismanagement of the afghanistan war and none of the woke generals on twitter had shit to say about it but, it was oh, all about I, them but they'll try to own Trump, though, if, if they can, all day long. It's unbelievable. I mean, was, was that just a – I mean, was that the product of the previous administration? You know, I mean, getting a star on your shoulder, you have to be a bit of a politician and, and swim those, those political waters. Yep. Did we just see a total pussification of the general officer corps because they were – those were the – was it – they started to suck up to the administ- the current administration or did the current did the or the previous administration weed out any undesirables i mean what- dude i don't know i don't know where it happened man I, I i honestly don't i think like i just remember one of my one of my i remember very well when obama was still president and i still remember this cuz i wrote about it extensively i remember the marine corps out here when obama was determined to put women in the infantry and the Marine Corps ran this uh, experiment out here. They did a nine-month experiment where it was, it was super detailed. And they had integrated platoons of Marines with females and males, and they had non-integrated platoons of Marines. And they studied that shit for nine months, dude. Millions of dollars worth of study went into this, right? And the study concluded indisputably that the all male units outperform the all female units like on every level. 
And this then Secretary of the Navy, Ray Mavis, probably the worst Secretary of Navy in the history of the United States, took one look at that multi-million dollar study and he threw it right into the shitter. And he said, well, we're doing it anyway. You know, that was the, the social justice warrior mentality cannot be underestimated here because that was the order from the top down and there's still a lot of that left over. And these guys really think that that is the way to get ahead. The more woke you are, the, more, and the transgender military shit was the other one that I get into. And that's where a lot of the journalists really disappointed me because I kept hammering them. They were yelling about Trump doing it. And I'm like, do you guys have any idea how long it takes for someone to cover from her transgender uh, a sex reassignment surgery? Do you know how long uh, you're rendered non-deployable from a sex reassignment surgery or from taking over? Do you know any of this? No, you no. don't? Well, maybe you could fucking find out. I don't know. It might be relevant. But do no, your job as a journalist. How woke you are. Yeah. Well. I mean, if you're woke enough, you might get a job as a CNN commentator like Mark Well, that's why, that's why the woke vets all tweeted out their enthusiastic support for the military being in the business of having transgender troops. And when I questioned any of them, they got lots of likes and retweets for saying, yes, I'm totally for this. And I started asking them tough questions, and not one of them responded to me. I'm like, and, and I have it. I... I I wasn't really comfortable putting this out because I can't prove it, but I'll just say since we're just talking here and it's not like an official thing. Yep. I did hear that once you, when they were still doing hormone therapy for troops transitioning under Obama, that you were rendered non-deployable for two years automatically going That's on that hormone heard. therapy. Yeah, two years. So then the fuckheads at the Pentagon want to tell me that that doesn't affect readiness? <laughs> You just rendered a troop undeployable for two years. Not to mention if there's surgery involved, they're going to be at home recovering from that. But that doesn't, but taking a troop away from their position doesn't affect readiness. You don't even have to be in the military or know anything about the military to know that that is nonsense. It's a nonsense statement. It doesn't fucking make any sense. That's like me telling you, Joe Schmo, who works on Wall Street, oh no, we'll be fine. We don't need everybody who works here. <laughs> what <laughs> well then well then why are they here at all then we don't need them at all why are we paying them you know and i can tell you nick i'm sure you know how many people have you known who've been either discharged or medically retired or had to go into a separate billet or not been allowed in the military for various reasons including bad credit asthma fucking surgeries I know so many people who have been like not, I, I knew one kid. I think he's actually, uh, he's actually, I think at the Q course right now, but he battled the army for like two friggin' years to get, just to get into the army. Cause he had like a shoulder surgery, like 10 friggin' years ago. <laughs> and he's like motivator, you know, and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, so that's, that's a, that's, you're going to spend two years denying this kid, but some troop comes to you and is like, Hey, I decided now I'm a woman and I want to have the most brutal surgery known to mankind and stay at home for six months to recuperate. That's cool. Right. And, and everybody's like, yes, that's cool. It's, it's just ridiculous. But nobody has the, nobody has the nuts to even like ask these questions. Well, that's because it's, it's verbal violence to suggest that the military is not an equal opportunity employer 
We, we it, saw we, they are not. They are nope. an equal opportunity to employ. No. You can't be obese or have asthma or no. have cancer. You can't have. You can't do any of that. It, it, it's a, it, it is a slippery slope because if some, if some kid who is morbidly obese, he has it in his, he's got it in his little heart, he wants to serve, but he doesn't have enough in his little heart to lose the weight. And if he wants Fuck to join em. the military, it, what, what if he points to it? Say, oh, well, you can have somebody that's non-deployable for two years. Get me in the military and give me two years to, to get in shape. I mean, that's the definition of a slippery slope. Yeah, I mean, it no, is. I'm not going to do that. Military is—it's not a—it's it, not a petri dish for social experimentation. It's not a petri dish for social justice. It is not an equal opportunity employer, and it boggles my mind that that's where we are today. I mean, well, and then and, and God, just for you asking those questions, that's not you saying, "Wow, I hate transgendered people." That's you saying, "Hold on, there are legitimate concerns regarding." the readiness of a military that just allows people to take two years yeah. to recuperate far from it. And actually it's funny. I, I last, uh, last week's podcast, I, uh, I actually received a letter from one of my uh, transgender listeners and I thought there was only the one, but then somebody hit me up on uh, DM and said, by the way, you have more than one. So I was like, okay, Roger that. But, you know, they, they sent me a, such a nice note uh, saying that they agreed with me a lot about it and that the, it's no joke going through that and that, that this particular person was exposed to it and kind of, you know, had a, it was like, a, it was, I wouldn't say forced into it, but the ideology was such that this person felt like they had to go down this transition road and, and now has some regrets, but has, it's too late. Because, you know, the surgery happened and, the, and that's all I've ever been saying. I'm like, hey, you know what? Fuck, man. This is America. You want to fucking put on a dress and do whatever you want? Go to it. If you want to be in the military, fine. And if after work, you want to go put on a dress and go to a fucking gay bar and get fucking bored out by two dudes in fucking leather suspenders? Uh, fucking it's good America, on you, man. Bro. It's America. Show back up to work the next day and don't fucking need six months off to go get a surgery. But I and I would say and I because I've, I've talked about this issue a lot. I would say to him like, look, dude, I, I have no doubt what's going on inside your head is all kinds of shit. I would say do whatever you can to make yourself happy. I would not advise surgery. Because once that's done, you can't take it back. But if you really felt the need to do it, I don't want my tax money going to it. That's, that's been my position for many, many years. Also a fair point. I don't want my tax money going to a lot of things. No, it shouldn't go to that, any elective surgery. should abortion. not be happening. I, I don't, I, that's, that's, that's on you. It's not my tax money. And, um, then, and don't tell, and then don't tell. And the other thing I resent about the whole movement, like, again, I have no problem with people themselves. I resent them with the, with the pronouns and the language policing. It's like, fuck you, dude. Don't tell me what to fucking say or you're fucking call yourself they. I don't want to hear that shit. I will use pronouns on a case-by-case -case basis. The fucking activists, they don't fucking get pronouns. I hate them. Okay? <laughs> my, list, my awesome podcast listeners, they get pronouns. There you That's go. It. I'm done with it. I love it. Uh, Those are good rules to live by. They are. Somebody just sent me a very cryptic DM, Nick. What's that? They said, they said, yo, Nick guy was in my company. Ask him what fuel goes in generators. Oh man. <laughs> wow. He really just, he really just put me on blast. <laughs>
It was did I wait? Did I put you on? I'm sorry. No, I no. I know exactly. I know exactly who that is. Oh, do you? Oh man, God, it's a bit. You know, it's one of those stories. Like everybody has like that one huge screw up in their military career. That was oh, mine. I have one of those. Oh, did you? Did you put yeah. unleaded in the fucking no, diesel? I, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, dude. So I was unfamiliar with how these 25k generators worked, and you know, chores around chores around the base, man. It has to get rotated, dude. Well, I'm unfamiliar with this. It's dark as shit outside. We'd just come back from doing a five-day stint out at this little outpost where we just were, we were basically running counter-Iranian ops. We were denying uh, movement along this MSR that, that Iran was running uh, weapons to Hezbollah. And so we had this little cop. You know, we're running, like, we're running thin, thin-skinned, GMVs, so no AC. We just bake out there for five days eating MREs. It's, just miserable. It's, it's a miserable, miserable time. We get back. It's my turn to fill the generator. All right. Can't be too difficult. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did, what I did was I put diesel in the oil reserve mm. or the reservoir, the oil reservoir. The caps we're right there. I chose wrong. It was dark. I was tired. And I totally, totally ruined a $45,000 piece of equipment. Oh, that's a field loss though, baby. That's not, that's, yeah, a, that's a field loss. That doesn't even count. It's, not, yeah, like dude, I, it's no. not like I crashed a tank or I, yeah. I smoked the wrong dude. I put the wrong fuel. I put the fuel in the wrong hole. Yeah, dude, I almost, uh, yeah, we've all screwed up. Like when I, so I was brand new out of school and I, I like, and I was, uh, I just graduated and we were going out with the team and we were doing like, we we're in the uh, desert in Arizona and we're doing like, uh, we're doing night infill, exfil training, you know, like all the hoo you know, like, uh, fast rope, all that shit. So like it was a pitch black night, right? So the first go around, I did what I vowed I would never do, which is go. I I went off the fast rope, still clipped into the bird, the classic move. (laughs) So I'm dangling now. I'm on the fast rope, and now my fucking head is at the deck level of the Black Hawk, and I'm like, and I'm and I'm stuck there, right? So then, like a total idiot, I've got like a pelican hook attached to my waist. So I pop the pelican hook and I just go screaming down this, this fast rope like crazy. So, okay. So no worries. I I didn't break any legs or anything. The birds land, pick me up. We're going to do, do more stuff. So now we're going to do some rappelling out of the helicopter. Cool commando share, right? Yeah. So it's pitch black. Like I said, so the crew chief, I, I got the rope bag. I'm waiting for the crew chief signal like, hey, you know, go the rope. Well, he was supposed to go like this. He was going like this for ropes, right? Yep. Well, it was a dark night, and he turned to me and said, we're going around. And I was like, okay. And I took the rope bag, and I chucked it out the door, right? (laughs) And my chief was on. He was like, no. And he (laughs) fucking cut the rope right there with his knife because, you know, that thing was headed right into the tail rotor. Bingo. And it could have fucking killed. I could have killed all of us in a multi-million-dollar Blackhawk. So, luckily, yeah. it didn't happen. But you know, had, it's, yeah. I, got, I was shook, dude. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's no I mean, joke, dude. People you were a new guy, though. I mean, I had to. It, listen, I, I have my excuses, <laughs> but that was my third deployment. 
All I say is I, I'm not I'm not a diesel generator mechanic. I'm not. So hey, you know what? Generator schmenerator. Exactly. Guess what? That's forty five thousand. We had another one. For yeah, one is none, bro. Exactly. Forty five thousand so, dollar generator. Yeah. So I listen. I know. I know who sent that. I'm gonna thank him here. He knows. I just DM'd him back saying uh, I just uh, asked you about this on the podcast, so <laughs> he should he should get a kick out of that. that. That's one more view. Yeah, that's funny, dude. Oh man, that's all right. I'm not, I'm not gonna put him on blast. I'm not in that business. I'm a better person than he is. What else? So you have a you're do you like a, you you have a full time job, huh? You're in the reserves, or yeah, I'm in the guard. Yeah. And then, yeah, I do I, I'm full-time. I do financial intel, man. It's boring. I hate I'm it. I'm looking at uh, Jack Murphy is tweeting right now. He said, Taji got four warnings of incoming but no direct hits. So, see, these That's fucks good. can't even fire missiles right. Ooh, no. They're so scary. Ooh, scary. Dude, dude they have their, – their Air Force consists of F-5s, <laughs> F-5 clones – and F-14s that they continually have to cannibalize to keep as many flying as they can, and they keep just dwindling those numbers. Dude, it's I don't I don't I don't know what their end game is because they can't stand toe to toe. They cannot stand toe to toe. This is this, you know what this is. This, that's why I'm thinking, Nick. This is saving face. This is just to say, like, oh, look how we're you know we're not going to let them smoke one of our terrorists without doing something. Okay, so this is the big something. I mean, what else are they going to do? They're going to send their Air Force to bomb us? No. They're going to send their drones? They don't have anything They don't have uh, anything capable of doing stuff like that, I don't think. Not that yeah. I'm – I mean, I'm not up on my Iranian weaponry, but I don't think they have any drones capable of, uh, you know, like crossing, you know, hundreds of kilometers of desert or anything. I don't know about that, though. I could be wrong. They they do have a drone cape, but I don't, I don't know how robust it is. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's robust enough to be a factor to be honest with you. I mean, they're, they definitely have a Cape that I do know. And I do know from experience that they have that capability, but <clears throat> whether or not they can bring that to bear with any sort of, of, uh, amount, you know, that, that hefty amount needed to, to affect a battle space. I don't think they do. So we'll see, man. I mean, honestly, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the next couple of days. Um, so I won't president there, president Trump is expected to address the nation later tonight, according to fake news, CNN. So <laughs> that's, what I'm just, I, you know, I'm going to come up, I'm going to come up with a better title for them and I'm just going to use it every time I say their name. Cause they're not really news. I don't want to even call them fake news. I just want to call, maybe I'll just call them uh, far left activists, CNN. I like that. And just that, just that, attach be that like every a, single time. Yeah. That's your shtick now. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them so much. Honestly, I hate these people so much. And you know, another thing about going back to our media rant, it's really not what they, it's really the, 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 the omission. That's where the real fake news is. What they choose not to cover. You know, like the, the many, 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 many times I've tweeted at all the immigration activist reporters who absolutely, Nick, refuse to cover anything that might show illegal immigration in a bad light. I mean, they're like fanatical about it. As what? tough as I am on illegal immigration, I at least acknowledge that there is a huge chunk of people here who are just working and never and stay out of trouble and keep themselves. 
And yes, I would like to do something for them, but I'm not going to do jack shit for them until we do something about the sanctuary cities and the million criminal illegal aliens we have to deport. I'm not. Wasn't, wasn't there just a story that, that, I don't know if you retweeted or commented on it, just today, about uh, an illegal immigrant who killed somebody and he was like deported like six times previously? I, maybe yes, there was, there's a, I think, yeah, there, there's actually, you're, uh, there's a couple different stories that there was a six-time deportee who, was, uh, who killed somebody and the Colorado sheriffs let him go without calling ice. And then in New York, a, uh, there was a hit and run where an illegal immigrant killed a mother of three who herself was an immigrant, a legal immigrant. You'd think that would fucking make the news, wouldn't you? A, a le- Cause you know, they, they friggin' will, any, uh, illegal is slightly inconvenienced and CNN is like all over it for like weeks, but like, you can't find anything about this poor legal immigrant from Haiti and she gets mowed down by an illegal alien from somewhere in South America, and it's not even covered. And it just kills me. And I cover these stories because I really feel like somebody has to. And, um, you know, a big part of what I do is I get a lot of it from, you know, listeners. So it's not just me. So I, I got to shout out to them because those, these people send me shit day and night. You know, I, I get a lot of stuff from them. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't see a lot of this stuff because it's really buried. Yeah, no, nobody's covering it because it doesn't fit the narrative. I know, but I don't, I don't understand that. I'm like, dude, at least acknowledge that there are costs to this issue. I mean, then maybe I, but they, they don't even do it. And I tag their uh, immigration reporters relentlessly in all kinds of illegal alien crime. And they never even respond. I'm like, oh, did you see this? But they'll tweet 50 fucking times about our border patrol trying desperately to save some, you know, girl who tragically dies because her stupid parents drag them a thousand miles through the desert. You know, and then yeah. the border patrol is then portrayed as like these heartless killers. And yeah, I'm like, monsters. that really, that really pisses me off. I'm like, because I, you know, these guys are out there. These men and women are out there in the middle of the desert. It's nighttime. It's scary. You got a crew of a hundred people who walks up to you. You don't know what the fuck is going on. The sick kid. They're trying to save lives out there. And they're portrayed as the media. They, they act like they're the Gestapo or something. Makes well, me sick. Well, if you're going to run the narrative that there are literal concentration camps, and it's not just the media, we have freaking elected members of Congress who are portraying detention centers as actual concentration camps. In order, in order to make that narrative work, you need to create a monster that resembles the Gestapo. So that's not surprising. It's, yep. it's an absolute clown show, dude. An absolute clown show. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, uh, I've been watching some of the presidential candidates on this. Um, Bernie is in complete denial, like usual. <laughs> dude, I, dude, I don't even know if Bernie knows. He doesn't know what's going on, man. There's see no the way. thing with the thing with is Bernie has one thing going for him. He was right about the Iraq War. I'll give him that. He, you know, I got to hand it to the guy when he's right. So Bernie's right about two things. He was right about the Iraq War being stupid. And he's right that our healthcare system is stupid. It, it is stupid. Like, it's good in a certain way, but it's also very stupid. I mean, it's, I can't argue with the guy when he says, why does insulin cost uh, 10 times more here than it does in Canada when it's made by the same company and it's the exact same product? I, too, would like an answer to that. That's you a know, and, I haven't, and I haven't heard a good answer. 
But I think he he kind of falls short once he starts laying out his solutions. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. Like, uh, like I, that's part of my, uh, that's one of my rare kind of kooky socialist beliefs is I think everybody in America should have healthcare because I don't think it's right for God forbid some young couple has a kid and it's like, Oh, your kid's five. He now has leukemia. And what they're going to be bankrupted because God's roll of the dice, you know, fuck them. That's just wrong to me. It feels wrong. Like why, why should that happen to somebody? Um, so, so, so I do, but I disagree with their solutions. That's the problem. Like stupid Obamacare, right? Like Obama, he, they spent friggin' literally like billions of dollars on dumb websites that didn't work when he could have just taken it. I would have rather him just given that money and divvied it up among every state and been like, here's a check you do in one year. I'm giving every state, uh, I mean, let's say, I don't know, let's make up a number. I'm giving every state a hundred million dollars, right? And 12, you have 12 months to tell, to institute a plan for healthcare for your state citizens. And in 12 months, we're meeting here in D.C., and we're going to find out what worked and what was shit. Wow. Why didn't that we do sounds that? Re- well, because that sounds reasonable. <laughs> it's, instead, the fucking state of Oregon did a web, spent like millions and tens of millions of dollars on a website that didn't work. <laughs> I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. Open up a goddamn cinder block building, hire a few doctors and nurses, and you could treat sick people. No, for far that make, less. That makes too much sense. It kills me, Nick. No, I'm no. Mister Solution. Don't come to me and say I don't have any solutions. I listen, got solutions. Listen, I'm going to send some people your way who can get you into politics. <laughs> Dude, I got another one with the buses. Don't get me started on my public transportation <laughs> rant either. Get these fucking buses off of my streets, Nick. They're all empty. Are you looking in them? Nobody's riding the bus. Get them out of here. That's because it's San Diego, dude. There are no dude. bus people. There are no bus people in San Diego. Just beautiful people. Bus people, Bro, not beautiful people. I don't want anybody who's not good looking in my town. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm fuck. I'm on a war path about this. I want Listen, all the fatties out of here. Hundred million dollars to each state. Everybody's getting liposuction and plastic surgery. Rhinoplasties for everybody. Right, and we're, we're making everybody rid- beautiful. And we're getting rid of the stupid buses and trains, and we're going to replace <laughs> those with self-driving autonomous vehicles. That w- if we have to, I'd rather give the smelly bums a free fucking self-driving autonomous pod vehicle card <laughs> that they can use, rather than have these huge buses that take up lanes. <laughs> I mean, come on, man! It's like a fucking hundred foot bus, Nick, and there's like one person on it. Get out of here ridiculous sorry i'm getting worked up who who knew you were such a steward of the environment and a proponent of of i'm mr i'm mr environment are you kidding me man all right brother i'm not gonna take up your time i know you're a busy guy you got kettlebell swings to do man plus bro this this doesn't just happen brother okay no you got that that's work baby you gotta put the work in i'm (laughs) going what i'm saying i'm going to the gym after this anyways yeah i'm fucking fired up now dude i'm going me i'm fired up my blood pressure let's take take off our shirts right now let's i'm not taking off my this this is first off first off i know you look better than me so that's a trap that's a trap i know that and i'm way older than you too dude that's because you got that you got that old man muscle man it's like yeah, it it's lean and sinewy, man. It's a it's a it's a powerful aesthetic. 
Dude, I know, but see, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my like. So, so far, my skin is still good. I'm waiting to get that like really old man wrinkled paper. Skin. You need to get I out. I don't have it yet. You need to. You need to up your tan ops. That's all, bro. No, the tan ops. I'm fucking. The t- key with tan ops is like slathering myself with like 50 SPF because I'm in the sun so much. So I got to be careful. I don't know. Maybe maybe cut it down to 30. I'm not saying like saute <laughs> yourself, but. Up the tan ops. You'll get that. You'll get are that. You uh, on, you, are you on? Are you your pasty ass going to fucking lecture me on fucking tan ops? First off, yes, because when I tan up, I tan up right. I do. <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, on, man. I'm in Ohio, man. It's January in Ohio. Yeah. I want. Hey, I want everybody to know that this was our first conversation we ever had, too. By the way, we've never right? talked before this this podcast happened. Oh, FYI. Man. Well, I, I hope that was fun, man. man. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. All right, hold Good. on. Since you, you are a podcaster, it reminded me. I have this dude on Twitter, buddy of mine on Twitter. His name's Dead Plate. One, he wanted a, a freaking shout-out, so I'm giving him a shout-out. Yes, out. I know. But, I know Dead Plate, yeah. yeah. But two, he's been riding my ass about saying, like and subscribe this video. And if you're listening to it on iTunes and Spotify, subscribe, leave a freaking rating, a five-star rating. Because I never say it because I never know how to say it without sounding weird. Because I just, I basically, this is a show for me and my friends just to shoot the shit. So, but I'm, I'm saying it right now for, for dead good. plate. So he gets off my ass. Okay. And that's a good point because that will actually allow me to also say, everybody go onto iTunes, World News with BK. Leave me a review because I have to fucking keep my more reviews than this fuckface woke vet who has a podcast which is terrible and mine's much better. But I have to, I have many more reviews than him and I want to keep it that way. Perfect. So keep it up. Absolutely, God. You know, and they're those are a dime a dozen, man. Those woke vet podcasts. They are. I know. That's what I'm they're saying. Everywhere. I know. All right, brother. All right, it man. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I really sure had fun. Thing, man. Okay, Take it man. Easy. Later. Later.